This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. Bez, what do you love? Well, John, it's a new sponsor and I'm loving it. For me, double quarter pound a meal. What you having? Oh, it's got got to be the chicken nugget share box. To myself, there's no sharing, but to myself. That goes without saying. But what yeah. dip? Oh, barbecue. It's a barbecue dip. Yeah. But where can people get it? So, yeah, where can you get it? You can order via the McDonald's app. Um, it's via participating restaurants only. 18 plus. Rewards. Registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. So see mcdonalds.com for full details. Welcome to the newly named Port Vale Nil podcast. Um, we are here to review Stephenie's Nil Port Vale Nil. But before we do, just a couple of words. First one on Brian Orton, who obviously since we last recorded, it's been announced, has been diagnosed with prostate cancer. So listening to what Brian said on Twitter, it looks as though they've caught it early. So fingers crossed everything will be fine there. But best of luck, Brian, with the recovery and fingers crossed everything goes fine for Brian and sending the podcast thoughts and prayers out to Brian Orton. And secondly, obviously didn't play for Vale, but a footballing icon passed away during the game yesterday, uh, Sir Bobby Charlton. Played for Man United, which everyone knows me and Johnny don't think a lot of them, but what a legend of the game he was. Won the World Cup and, you know, football has lost a true great there. So thoughts and prayers to his family and friends and, you know, a shout out from the podcast for Sir Bobby. And last but by no means least, Teddy the Cat has also sadly lost his battle and got put to sleep yesterday. So thoughts with Tom, T and Teddy the Cat, who has been, you know, put to sleep and, Tom, I'll pass over to you at this sad time. Uh, what am I supposed to do a eulogy or something? <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's, it's not nice, is it? But I think you've just said to me they've got uh, they've they've got the car, haven't they? So hopefully a little bit of justice will be done to whoever's done it. Yeah, fingers crossed. They the certainly bastards. know the colour of the car now. And yeah, it's absolute disgrace. I know we sort of. Well, I made a joke about it, but it wasn't a joke about the seriousness. It was just something that comes to me. And to be fair, from what people were saying yesterday, they enjoyed the joke. So, fingers crossed. And we're also joined by Johnny. Johnny, anything to add on Sir Brian and Bobby Charlton? I'm um, sorry. I think I went to Sir Brian and Bobby Charlton there. You've like, t- t- taken one night off and give it to the <laughs> They're both serious in my eyes. But, no, like, obviously, we, we interviewed Brian Orton, didn't we, about 18 we months ago? Um, and that, that was, yeah, it was the Wembley one, wasn't it? It was the preview for Wembley. Yeah, it was. And that, I thought that, that, was, that was a decent one. So um, anyone wants to listen back, go go and find that one. And 
listen to what Brian's thoughts and feelings around the veil are and stuff. But yeah, he replied to the pod's tweet and said that they've caught it early, which is good. Um, and obviously, it's at the minute it's breast cancer awareness going round. Um, I know that's the opposite end um, sort of thing, but it's just I think it's poignant to say just just check them into it, like whether you're male or female, just just keep keep a check out because yeah. you you know your body better than anyone. So yeah, um, and then on opposite Bobby Charlton, he's in my ultimate team. Um, yeah, packed him untradeable. He glides across the pitch and he's got a sweet left foot. So if that's anything like real life, because obviously. Um, my dad wasn't born when Bobby Charlton won the World Cup, so um, there's, there's not much that I can say about him. Yeah, but a legend of the game. And last one, a nice one. Happy 30th birthday today to Mr. Matt Godwin. Did he enjoy his day yesterday, Johnny? He loved it. Yeah, if you saw party at in the away end and you heard party blowers going, that was for Godwin's 30th yesterday. Sounded like fucking Pingu was on the back road, didn't it? Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Happy 30th, Gordas. So, the, there was a few there were a few people a couple of rows ahead. You know, kept giving right dear to Luke's, but then saw the party at and was like, just knew that they couldn't say anything because I think they thought it was, you know, Alfie's mates that were next to us. I think they thought it was them. Get in. That's what you <laughs> wanted. It. Why would it be the group of fully grown 30 year old adults? I know, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. So yeah, let's get on to yesterday's game where for the fourth game in a row, Vale fired a blank, a bit like the two lads that are on with me tonight. Um but positive signs. Two strikers made the pitch yesterday. Forty five minutes for Loft, forty five minutes for Ooch. They looked very different target men to me, Johnny, but it was nice to actually get some strikers on the pitch. Yeah, it was. I think the key the key thing, like you said, they were different players. And we've got to react to that. Because I think at first, well, I think first, like with Loft, it just looked like it wanted to go high quite a lot to him. And I don't think either, neither of them are your Tom Pope target man. They're not going to go and win your headers and flick ons and stuff like that. But they're, they're players that you you have to play off. Um, and I think second half, especially, you saw what Uch is good at, where that slipped one down the channel and. I know Tom was um, Tom was hoping and praying it nestled in the back of the net um, as it as it bumbled through. Yeah, yeah, well, of course and, it was. Yeah, and you've hit the nail nail on the head for me there, Johnny. Loft looks the sort of striker he's going to play with his back to goal, get it into his feet, he'll hold it up and lay it off. Ooch looks like the striker that's kind of going pin a defender and rolling and then head towards goal, and very much of space for both of them in the side. And Tom, initial thoughts on first forty-five minutes of Ooch. Because people are dying to hear it. <laughs> he was uh, a different. Um, it's unorthodox. I think that's fair. To I say. am. I am. Someone accused me uh, of saying what I thought about Ooch before I'd even seen him play in eight years. Um, to you, I will say I was right. He is exactly what I thought he was. He's a battering ram that can't play football. But he did well, he, he did well yesterday. He, 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 he made life difficult for them. He looked absolutely bollocks though after about 15 minutes, did he? Um, and to be fair, that first 15 minutes, he did a hell of a lot of running. Um, 
So I think I'd have been blowing out my hoop as well. Um, but no, I mean, you know, he he took on uh, was it two two players that not one over uh, and played it wide, and then the, the the other one where he bundled round. You could see him when he got to the byline. He didn't have a clue where that ball was. He couldn't he couldn't get it out of his feet. Um, but then it's like the next one, he goes across across the pitch again. And he's he's got a four yard pass and he smacks it past the bloke, and it's like it's just it, there's a bit of frustration there with his he's not the best technically wise, um, but I'm you know not ruling anything out. He, he, like I said, he definitely made an impact yesterday. Yeah, massive impact. And I thought both strikers had a good game, Johnny. Both good yeah, for both of them. Yeah, exactly. I think, like you say, the positive was that they both got on the pitch. They both had 45 minutes and we, we're at that stage now of we've got the choice of three again, which is which is always nice. It's going to take weeks before I think you're going to get 90 out of each. Um, probably a bit closer for Loftloft didn't look as mm. knackered, but then I think his, his game's a little different. I think what Loft needs to do is like at one stage he lost the ball on the halfway line and this this is going to sound ridiculous now but he came back and sprinted back to the center gone in the center half area and then tried clear it three times in the penalty area and just like couldn't get it out i don't want my striker doing that like if you lose it on the halfway line try and win it back but don't don't come all the way back unless like unless you like absolutely have to and i know he's trying hard and he's trying to make an impression and stuff like that but I think there's a time and a place for that. I think that's what Josh Thomas kind of suffers with sometimes, that he has, he, he seems to harry everything for 20 minutes and then he's fucked. So I think... I think it just, the, the, the strikers just need to calm down a little bit now because they just want to play football, don't they? They've been out quite a while, haven't had much game time. So you, you, you appreciate that, but just don't go and fill the space. But Lofty, I thought, he gave that look of a thug Mm. Which helps sometimes because, like, you just looked at him and thought, "He's a big bastard, isn't he?" But I don't ever remember him looking like that. I'm convinced he had air last time I saw him. He did, but like, he just looks like a big bastard. And I think if you're looking in the tunnel and you see him come out, you're like, I don't, "I'm not going to fancy that." Um, looks a brute, doesn't he? Looks like he'd go down down the boozer for a scrap, doesn't he? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, and then, you, and then you see the back of him. And you see someone the size of Ooch come on that, you know, just go and run straight at you and not care whether you move or not. He'll just run into you. Yeah, well, that's it. You, you, you usually think when, when someone like that goes off, you're like, oh, get the fucking, right, right let, let's let, let, let's play the next one. And you see Ooch coming and you're like, Jesus, I didn't think it'd get worse. And like Tom says, he's just a battering ram. I think I, I love Ooch. I just, I think I love the, I, I love him because, because of all the sort of don't know what he's going to do if he gets that ball under control. Yeah. No, I'm with you. He's definitely, you saw yesterday, which is going to be a fan's favourite again very quickly. And just a word of warning, though, to reiterate what Johnny's just said, I saw people calling out, Ooch must start on Tuesday now. Maybe if you were watching on the stream, you couldn't see as well as in the ground, but Ooch was knackered after 15 minutes. Ooch is nowhere near starting a game of football yet. And that's not a, you know, battering Ooch, it's just a, the lad hasn't played football since February and that was his first 45 minutes since February, he's nowhere near I'll tell you I bet he can't walk today yeah, no I bet he can't I bet he can't. and Tom, just a quick and 
what are you thinking if you're Josh Thomas? Because really, you're the only fully fit striker at the club and you can't go on the pitch. I wouldn't be very happy, I'll be honest. I uh, can't see Josh being here much past January. If It uh, wouldn't surprise me if January 1st come and he was recalled straight away by Swansea. Um, it's got to be frustrating. Um it's almost like it, it, it feels like he's getting the treatment that a striker or somebody or a player would get when a new manager comes in and they just don't fancy him. Mm. It's weird when it's someone who that manager has bought in and yeah. just doesn't fancy him, particularly on loan. Um, and we spent, we know we spent over five weeks chasing him. Yeah. Uh, when we signed him. And I think we, we were all stood together yesterday and I think it was. You know, pretty apparent. We were all saying maybe was there an option to take off uh, one of the attacking midfielders and maybe put Josh up alongside Hooch in the second half. Um, instead, we went with Alfie, I think, for Chesley, wasn't it? But I mean, Alfie did all right when he came on. Yeah, he did. He did. Um, yeah. But, yeah. No, I, if I was Josh, I'd be, I'd be banging on that manager's door tomorrow. Yeah. For, that... Finding out what the crack is. Yeah, I'm with you. So let's go into it, Johnny. You text me before kickoff striker. Mitch not being wing back isn't for me. He's better than both of the ones starting. Good strong bench. Yeah. Um, look, it, it was nice to see a striker on the pitch. It was nice to see two on the bench, and it was nice for them both to add something to the game. Yes, we're lacking goals. We're 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 going to be lacking goals. Like. For a little bit longer in terms of from them pair because they're not they're not fully fit. Um, but we, but you saw what each of them brought. You saw what you saw what they can do. You saw how 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 we look to link up play with them as well. So there was a lot there was a lot of positives, and I think that that ten day break has helped. You've got to think that obviously in that ten day break, Ollie wasn't there and Divine weren't there that are two of your more creative players in that team. So they've got to work out how often um, Ooch play sort of thing. I'm, I'm pretty certain our blaster will have never seen anything like Ooch in his life before. So that, that'll be, <laughs> that, that'd be an interesting one. Are you trying um, to say he plays him a different way than Addy Kane does? Well, yeah. Um, it, 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 it's, it's something to you, Ooch. He's, he's special. What I will say is, I will certainly give him a little bit of credit. I noticed at the end of the game, he was over to every single player and his arms round him and he's, you know, he's yeah. patting everyone on the chest. And and it's almost like a bit of a, a leader in there. Yeah, no, he is. Um, so, yeah, yeah, fair play to him. We're on about lack of goals there, Tom. 11 goals in 13 games we've scored now, not scored in the last four. How concerning is that? Very. Um because I wouldn't even say we're making we're making a glut of chances. We seem to somewhat be overplaying. Um, I think the main um, culprit of that yesterday would have been Alfie Devine when he came on and he had a chat and he ran and he was running. And he was probably 25 yards out from goal. And I'm thinking to myself, hit the bloody thing. And he's passing it wide. And I'm thinking, is that is it confidence? Is it are we not are we being told not to not to shoot from there? Because I know sometimes, obviously, in a nil-nil, you know, it can be a little bit, oh, God, what if I have a shot here and I drag it wide? 
Um, so what I'll do is I'll go with the safe ball. Um, maybe there was a bit of that. I don't know. I just I think we need some sort. We don't seem to have any pattern of play in and around the box for me. Yeah. No. And that's my concern at the moment. And how do we change it? Is it change of formation? Is it this formation's fine? We just need to get the strikers fitting in. What are your thoughts, Johnny? I'll come to you first. See, I I don't think it's that we're not creating chances because. We we are we we're getting in put positions. I think it's decision making. Like Tom, you 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 mentioned the divine one there, but do you remember in the second half where there was a nice bit of football and then Mitch Clark's lay on the floor and swings the left foot at it, mm. for example, and, and pokes it wide. That's the sort of thing for me. Mitch didn't need to do that. There was a lad running onto it. Um, ben Garrity's bollocks are blaster in the second half for having an effort where we win a corner when he could have slipped it just five yards past the Garrity, unmarked on the edge of the area, for example. I, I just think it's decision-making at the minute. And part of that, I think, is what, Tom, you, you just touched on, is maybe a bit of a lack of confidence due to the fact that we aren't scoring goal, scoring loads of goals. I think maybe it's that sort of the knock that the run that we've been on recently takes out of people, whereas... When we were in decent form, you could count on you count you, you could count every player pretty much was willing to have a go from anywhere on the pitch. How many shots from outside the area were we having, for example? And that seems to have dried up a little bit now. And I think it is for me. I think it's down to a bit of confidence, and it just needs somebody to have a go and go. Oh look, that works. Mm. Tom, agree? Disagree? I completely agree. Um, well, I mean, I mean, I don't think we're creating as many chances as as I'd like us to. Um, have we? How many goals have we scored from crosses so far this season? If we've only scored eleven, I mean, I think two. I can think of a Ben Garrity one and a James Wilson header at Charlton. Yeah, um, was off a free kick that was swung in, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, so I don't know. I don't. Is there another way we can go about it? Because I mean, I think Tom Sang whipped a ball in across the face of goal yesterday. It was a fantastic ball, but, you know, are we only putting the striker in the box? Is that why we're not scoring many from crosses, maybe? Mm. You know, is that a downside to this formation? Um, We've got to look at it and we've got to find the reason why we aren't scoring enough goals. We have, and I'm sure that's something they'll be looking at tomorrow before Tuesday. And then we'll have a few days before Saturday where we welcome Daddle Clark and Adam Murray back to Vale Park. But yeah, the only thing I'll pick up on on what you said before the game, Johnny, is Mitch not being wing-back isn't for me. He's better than both the ones starting. I love Mitch. Everyone knows I love Mitch. And I've been crying out for him to start very poor when he came on yesterday for me and was no better, in fact, worse than the two wing-backs on the pitch yesterday. I've got to wholeheartedly disagree with you with that one. He was not worse than James Plant yesterday. James Plant was... Garbage yesterday. I think Mitch was worse. No, he wasn't. Planty was worse for me. Planty had a stinker. Planty did and have he, a stinker. I don't and I think he knew. But I thought Mitch also had a stinker when he came on. Yeah, they just. And I love don't... Mitch. I'm not going after him or anything. Everyone knows I love Mitch. But actually, I give Tom Sang a lot of sticks saying he's not a wing back. It was by far our most effective wing back yesterday. And I mean, by far, it wasn't even close. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I agree wholeheartedly on Sang Mitch. 
Mitch is not going in at right wing back on Tuesday if we're basing it on performance. But no. he, he gets in at left wing back. That that performance by Plant, if that's not James Plant, you're livid. And I think I, I think I like I'm not saying that you like. It's just if Gav Massey puts that performance in, you're absolutely livid, and I guarantee you that now. Yeah, uh, Planty didn't have a good game yesterday, and Planty doesn't get a six. I'm always going to stick up for Planty because, as people call um, Planty Crosby's son, I kind of look at it same for me because I've seen him come through the YouTube team. So I think I'll always have James Plant rose tinted glasses on. What I will say is we're setting him up to fail playing him at left wing back when he's a right attacking winger. I agree. Once he's picked there, he's got to go on and do a job. However, I think the problem for me with James Plant is that every time he gets forward, it's on his left foot and he's not a left footer. His right foot is 100 times more effective than his left. And yeah, he's a professional footballer who's got used both. I get it. But we're setting him up to fail. Um, I don't... I don't, I don't I... I think setting him up to fail is a if if for example if if we were playing a front three and you're playing him playing him left of a front front a front three you wouldn't be saying we're setting him up to fail. No, but I'd be saying we're playing him in the weaker of his positions. Yeah, but don't, don't, that we're not even playing him in his position. Yeah, but we don't play his position. He knows that. He he's got that choice. Like, well, he hasn't because you're not going to turn around to Crosby and go, no, sorry, so I'm not playing. So he hasn't got that choice. Crosby picks him to play there. He knew we were playing wing-backs when he signed his contract. So he either thought, I'm good enough to go and change this formation, or he's happy, he's happy playing there. Of course he's happy playing there. If Vale offered you a contract play left wing-back, you'd sign it. It depends, doesn't it? It's I too much running that as a wing back. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, in this formation we play, for me, Planty's most effective position would be the number 10. And I think we've seen that the times he's played there. Yes, his end product needs to get better, and I'm sure it will as he gets older. Or it's right wing back. We've played him a lot at left wing back. For me, why? We've got more experienced players who've played left wing back. But at the moment, you, as you say, Tom Sang, you're not knocking him out to right wing back. So you say to Planty either number 10, you're not getting in, you might come on off the bench there, or you're playing left wing back. And of course, Planty's going to say, yeah, play me. And he's going to do 100%, try his heart out. And you're never once going to say, bloody hell, I thought Planty wasn't trying today. Yeah, that, like, I don't think I don't think you can knock any player on that thing yesterday for effort. And that's, I think that's that's the key thing still. We, we can see that, we can see what's been, been done. We can see where it's going. There's just a few players that are lacking a bit of confidence at the minute. And I think Planty's one of them. I think, like, the, the longer it goes with him without getting involved in a goal involvement, the harder he's trying and the worse it's going to get. You, you know what it's like? You, sometimes if you if you try too hard at something, it, it just it's just never going to happen. It's never going to come off. Um, Bez, you'll, you'll back this up about, you'll, about, about your sex life. You, you try you try that hard with it, and it's just not happening, is it? I don't try anymore. Give exactly. up. <laughs> I've but resigned. You've resigned. There you go. So, but it's one of them, isn't it? Like I, I just, I really think, I really think that we need, we've got to sort this wing back situation out 
everyone's crying out for a striker in January. I will be, I'll be livid come the end of January if we haven't brought in at least one wing back. Yeah, agree. And through the summer, I kept saying that was our position that we needed yeah. strength more than anywhere. And I still think we do, especially with Grant Edge. But yeah, carry on, Johnny. Mark for Crosby and the leadership team yesterday. Um, I think a seven. I think you you you, you heard what they said about Uch and Loft. I think if you would have asked every fan in there how long Loft would have lasted, I think everyone would have thought 45. And I think we all would have thought about 15 for Uch. So Uch has done more than I would have predicted. But they, they, they did the right... They did the right things to stop stop the proverbial rot um, because it, it kind of reminds me a little bit of Leighton Orient under Clarkey where let's just let's just get this point, let's get this clean sheet and let's reset. Um, so it's, it's, it's now how do we build on that? What, what happens Tuesday now becomes important and Saturday becomes important because of now we've kind of gone, right, We've stopped. We've stopped the losing rot. So let's now go and put put the next brick in the wall, and then let's build and build and go go from there. Really, because Peterborough aren't the force that they have been the other, the other the other seasons, but they're still a very good team. Yeah, they are. They are. Tom, anything else to add on? Right now, uh, I think Johnny's hit the nail on the ad really there for me. Um. Decent, so, you know, we've 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 done like Johnny said, we've stopped the rot. Yeah, and uh, I know Stephen E. John's a fashionable club, but it is an odd place to go. They aren't fifth in the league quarter of the way through for no reason. Yeah, uh, and as much as I dislike the bloke Evans, he's got he, you know he's he's got his teams well drilled, hasn't he? Yeah, yeah, and the only thing I can say for why maybe Josh Thomas didn't feature, and I don't agree with it, but the only thing I can say is that. You know, Stevens, you're going to be big, strong, physical, getting your faces. And maybe we've gone with the two big lads rather than putting, you know, Thomas on, who, let's be honest, again, kicked lumps out of like they did a few of our players yesterday. Yeah, the, 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 I think there's the, the reasoning behind this Josh Thomas thing. I think, for me, I think the majority of it is like we touched on earlier. I think the point and the stopping a rot was more important almost than trying to win the game and, and risk losing it. And that's that's risky in itself, trying to not lose a game of football because you know the best the best form of attack is the best form of defence is attack. So I'm with it, we, we know we know that side of it. And we've seen how many times have you seen a team come set up for a draw, concede a goal and then then, then you're fucked because you because you haven't got the plan B sort of thing. Um, so, so it's risky. It come off. They are a good side. They're, they're like I say, they're unfashionable. They don't play the same sort of football as we play. But there's no there's no blueprint for success in football. You can, you can play in hundreds of different ways and get hundreds of different results in that in that sense. So yeah, I'm with you. It, it's just yeah, I, I'm I'm all right with the draw. Come away with it content, not breaking my heart about it. I'm not. It's it's not a teams like Stevenage sort of moment. So let's 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 move on from the point and give us a building block now for another tough month of fixtures. Yep, I'm with you. And I think um, 
when Crosby was summarising the match at the end and he was speaking about Steve Nitch, he'd listened to the preview pod as he'd come out and said there's more than one way to skin a cat. Yeah. But let's move on. When we've done the leadership team, this is where we normally do... You're vile. (laughs) (laughs) This is where we'd normally do Ref Watch. Brought to you by repair-glasses.co.uk. I've got a feeling this is going to take a lot longer than it should. Get yourselves over to repair-glasses.co.uk. Um, they aren't going out this ref, to be a fair, because he's fucking blind. Stevie Wonder rang me last night and said it was a penalty. So if he can see it, how the fuck this ref can't is beyond me. And it says something when both sides are coming out and saying how bad the ref was. He missed absolutely fucking everything in that game and was absolutely diabolical. And if I sit here and go through every decision that he got wrong, we won't have anything else on the pod because it'll take up two hours. But for me, and I know, Johnny, you agreed with me. Tom, you didn't. He's missed a penalty for Stevenage before our penalty. Connor Ripley's wiped their centre forward out for me. The ball's going out of play, which maybe is what saved him. But if the ball's in play, he's wiped their centre forward out. He's then I, missed one of the... Go on. Well, I, I, need, I need to see that again. because I'd like to follow it again. Follow yeah, in, for me. Well, well, that's what... See, I've seen a Stevenage fan say that. I, I've seen a Stevenage fan say from the, from the side they were on. It looks like he tripped over his own feet. So right. I think so. So I need to see that one again, sort of thing, just to just to be hundred percent certain. But from in the ground, I winced. Yeah, because I was like, oh, that's that that's that's a close one. It, it was yeah. probably similar to the Charlton one. Um, so I think that may be why I winced because it was on Liner's side, and you 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 just knew how these things sort of go, don't you? But. Yeah, yeah, that 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 was that was risky, shall we say? Um, yeah, very risky. Yeah. So, chislet penalty. Everyone's seen it by now, I'm sure. Um, if you haven't, if the bloke had done that on the street, he'd have been arrested and sent down. He just fucking completely wiped him out. And it's, I can't, I can't see on what planet that is not a a, a penalty. No, I can't. I can't. And to be honest, if he gives the penalty, there's an argument that it's a red card. Because I know some people say, Besant, there's a rule about double jeopardy. And yeah, there is. And the rule about double jeopardy is if it's a foul within the box and the ref feels as though the player's made an attempt for the ball and sort of close to the ball, but just a bit late and got the man, that's where double jeopardy kicks in. If the tackle in itself is worthy of a red, which is a player being out of control and reckless, which I would argue he probably was, he could have broke Tizzy's leg on that for me. And you see the pictures that Tom's taken, Tom Green, the veil photography. Chizzy's leg's bending the wrong way at that point. And quite easily, if Chizzy hadn't have sort of lifted his leg so it wasn't planted, his leg snapped. So my only, me, my only argument to that is had Chizzy controlled the ball, that tackle's 100% in control for me. And... If, Chiz- if Chizzy touches it where it's supposed to go, that lad's sliding across in front of Chizzy and it's actually a, a decent a decent tackle. And I, th- and I think that's that's the thing. I think because the lad's made his decision, Ch- it's it, Chizzy's standing foot and then he's been wiped out. So I, I think it'd be very harsh to send him off for it. I don't. I think he was out of control and reckless himself. I, I wouldn't probably have been calling for a red card for it. Um, but I think why he gets I'm away definitely with it calling for a penalty. Yeah, and I think why he gets away with it is the pitch was so wet. 
and he gets away with that because refs will make leeway for that. But that's no excuse. That's no excuse. Um, we've then got... All Blasters shouldn't have given away a free kick and been booked. Exactly. Because all Blasters slipped. Yeah, he, he slipped and, and clattered their lad. And it was a foul on a booking. It, yeah, it, agree. Even, even though he slipped, it's still a foul on a booking. But he just... The standard refereeing is a disgrace at the minute in the league. And that's not just that's not just in our league. That's in every league. And what really pisses me off is the fact that we get this without referees. We don't have a game to play. And that's right, because obviously we know we need officials. But like when they're making such bad decisions week in, week out, you wonder how we've still got a game to play because somewhere so, so, at some point somebody's going to get bored of it, aren't they? You go, I can't be fucked by this because I'm paying 30, 30, 30 quid get in, 20 quid get there, 15 quid on food in the ground, 40 quid before having a beer or whatever. And it's turning into a 100, 150 quid weekend to get shafted by a referee. Now, I don't believe that the referee cost us three points in that game because we still should have done better with, with, with chances. Having a penalty doesn't, doesn't guarantee you're going to score. We've seen enough missed. What I think he's done is, I think he's done us out of a clear chance and the opportunity to go one up. And then I do think we win it. I think with how we played, I do think we go on and win that. But what, there's there's a few things that are really pissing me off, right? So the new laws of the game for time wasting, um, and dissent, yeah, they've been forgot about. Well, yeah, they have. But if if Chizzy gets up, runs at the ref, he's going to get a booking, yeah, for dissent. Yeah, supposedly. So yeah, supposedly. But he, he, that that's what you expect. Sure, Ref Support UK, and I know we're going to touch on them a little bit, Tom, so don't jump in here yet, because I know they're boiling your piss. But you saw Ref Support UK come out and say no one appealed for it. That's what these new laws are, are supposed to have done. That's supposed to have done that. So if they say people need appeal for it, then there needs to be an appeals process in place for yellow cards. Because if Chizzy gets up, appeals for that, gets booted for dissent, we should be able to appeal that yellow card and say, no, that that's... He had every right to appeal for that because he was twatted. But that's not going to happen, is it? Because you, you, that threshold of how you do it. So are we being too nice? That's, that, that, that's, that's one of my questions of are we sticking to the old, well, the old new laws, shall we say, that have kind of been forgotten about? Whereas a few times yesterday you saw Chizzy get cut, kicked up in the air and just get on with it and just accept that, the ref wasn't going to give a booking, but every time they had a foul, they were screaming, moving the ball. The time wasting from their goalkeeper was a disgrace. Like the fact that the ref told him where to put the ball, he moved it ten yards further forward and walked as slow as possible. It, that sort of thing's all been forgotten about. Agreed. And I really, I, I really do. Like, I, I really do think that something needs to give. There needs to be a change in something to say. Right, actually. We, we're going to do this properly. And one of the things I think that needs to happen is the EFL, the FA, Premier League, they need to support your referees more. They need to give them out. The, to come out and say, X refs had a really good game. 
obviously not when they haven't. Don't be a dick about it and say yesterday's refs had a good game. But when a refs had a good game, I, I, I forget a name. Is it Rebecca, the one that we had at Har- Rebecca Welsh? Harry Rebecca Welsh. She had an absolute fantastic game that day. She refereed Burton Lincoln last week. Uh, had a fantastic game that day. Come out and shout about them sort of games where the referees had a brilliant game. Because fun, I know fans don't want to hear it, and fans will still go, oh, they missed X, Y, and Z. But refs are human. They're going to make some mistakes. So I'm not talking about, oh, come out and go, oh, in the 90, 19th minute of the game, we should have had a throw-in and they give them the other way. Shit happens like that. But come out and say they've had a good game. Also come out and say, actually, they fucked that one up there. We're going to talk to them, this, that, and the other. Don't just relegate them. Don't put them on, put some other poor soul, or, or make them sit out this week and think about what you've done. Because all they're going to do is enjoy the Saturday and, and do something with the missus, the kids, whatever. So that this group of officials that we've got need to go professional. It needs to be a full-time job. And people go, oh, where's the money coming from? There's enough money in football to fund that. There's We've got five divisions of football now where... <sighs> 112 of the 114 and then five divisions are professional because there's still two in the National League that are semi-pro now, is there? I think so, yeah. But do you know what I mean? So, like, a boring two, every team's professional, but yet your officials aren't. And I don't I don't get it because what you could be doing there is you could be having them in Monday and going, right, lad, not, not trying to make a fool out of you in front of all your mates or anything, but... Stand up and explain why that's not a penalty because he might stand up there, Bez. And you've said this before, he might stand up there and go, From my point of view, the lad's not under control about it. It's a footballing collision because he slid into it, Chislett ran straight, and it's just a footballing collision. And that's what yeah. he might explain. And the other, the other refs might turn around and go, Oh, actually, I've not looked at it that way. Or they might all explain, Actually, it's a stonewall penalty, you absolute idiot. Why have you not given it? And you yeah. actually get good debate and you actually get these laws implemented properly. It's just, it just beggars belief that they're not professional. I'll be honest, I 100% agree with that because I've been on some refs training course and you watch decisions and you go, actually, talk to me about it, talk to me about that. You have a debate and sometimes you change people's minds and go, actually, yeah, I can see the way you're looking at it now. I can see the way you're looking at it now. And you learn from it. And the only way you learn from it is by actually looking at it, watching it. And as you say, you need to be professional for that because come Monday morning, that ref who ref does at the weekend will be on his full-time job. So he won't yeah. be thinking about this decision, watching it back and going, what could he have done better? And also, he won't be sat in a room with other referees discussing the different aspects of it. Because he might go, and from one angle, you can see their lad has made contact with the ball before Chislett. However, he isn't in control of the ball. And he, all he's done is slid. And as he slid, he touched the ball, then carried on about five yards and then goes into Chislett. Yeah, but from, from, the, from I don't, have you seen the, Steve, the Instagram uh, video from the Stephen Age fan? Yes. He gets nowhere near the ball. Well, I've seen the Instagram video from Stevenage's podcast, and I think that's a different angle. And you can see he does touch the ball. He does touch the ball when he slides in. When he slides, he touches the ball. He's 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 in no control of the tackle whatsoever. No, exactly. Exactly. So, but I agree with that. And a lot of the problem, and I've never said this on here before, 15 years ago when I got my promotions through refereeing, a lot of the people that got further up the ladder were the ones that turned up to the meetings every month, that kissed horse every month, that basically you had to go and really put your face out there. It wasn't how good your performances were and that, because to be honest, they didn't come out and watch you. You got your promotions off your club marks and you had you were watched three times a season. But it was about 
who turned up to the meetings, who kissed the arse of whoever's head of staff's pay at the time most. And that's how people got promoted back in the day. I'm not saying it's like that now, because I don't know, because I've not, well, I got promoted to level six without trying, and now I'm, I haven't gone for promotion. But that's very much how you got your promotions back in the day. And if that's the system still, that causes a problem. So you've got a lot of good refs that don't go to the meetings, that don't kiss arse, that won't be getting up the ladder. It'll just be the refs that are kissing arse that get up the ladder. Yeah, there's also the fast track program now, isn't there, in place? Yeah. Which, but, but again, about. when I was young, the only way you got on that fast track program was by turning up every Thursday to the refs' meetings and kissing the arse of the bloke that ran it. Yeah. So, so like the, the stuff like that. But like Mark Halsey's tweeted us back because I, I tagged him in a tweet and asked him the question, and he's put from the angle of the footage supplied, it looks a penalty. Mm. So obviously he's only going off the one angle, but it's it, it's 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 hard for anyone not to say it's not a penalty. And like I say, I think for me, the first thing that needs to happen is is they need to become professional. The next thing that needs to happen is they get support, and I think. Another thing that needs to happen is a new law needs to be put in where if a ref's made a good decision, right, and a manager comes out after the game and goes, that's completely bollocks, like the referee's missed the Stonewall penalty, you should, like, say, say that decision, for example, where Steve, if Steve Evans says the ref got that the, the, the decision wrong and goes mad about it, you show him the proof that it was right, and he's got to then come out publicly, Evans has, and say, actually, the ref's done a good job there. He's got it right, and actually show the support there. It shouldn't be the fact that you're allowed to slag off a ref, and then sometimes you get a little bit of fine for it because the FA decide, oh, that you've gone a bit too far. But there should there should be a backing of referees by by football clubs as well. Because we, we we know that we need them, but there's got there's, there's got to be stuff there. There's, there's got to be stuff in place where they take ownership of decisions. And I don't I don't want to to haul them in front of a camera and go, "Here you go, Mister Referee, explain this decision." But there's got to be some form of that somewhere that they've got. Whether whether it's a, do you know, like when you appeal a red card. For example, you go in front of a disciplinary committee and go, why don't you think it's a red card? The, we we should be able to go, right, head of refereeing, whoever he is for the EFLs there, X person and Crosby are in a room. The referee comes and explains what's gone on in that decision. Now, I know that's difficult because where where do you sort of set the threshold for being able to have that that sort of meeting? But... There's just got to be more accountability. And the big thing is, there's, there's got to be more personality from them as well. They're like bastard robots, and it really frustrates me. Yeah, and I don't disagree. And the other things I just want to pick on with the ref, because he was bad for both sides, I'll say that. It wasn't just bad for Vale, it was bad for both sides. I thought Nathan Smith was lucky to escape his second yellow, having already been boot where the ref played the advantage and never went back and booted him. Very lucky to escape his second yellow on that. Um and then we've already touched on the new laws of the game. The added time in the second half absolutely baffled me because Funzo Ojo received treatment for more than four minutes. Then you've got all the substitutions and only four minutes was added on. So that baffled me. And there's plenty more I could go into, but I'm not going to carry on because we've been going 40 minutes. We haven't spoke about the players. Tom, you just wanted to add a bit about that knobhead at Ref Support UK. Yeah, uh, I don't. 
understand what is a, what his game is at all. Um, it just it, it it baffles me the blind faith that he has that he can't seem to say that they've got a decision wrong. To say that that's not a penalty yesterday is fucking ludicrous. Uh, and it makes him look stupid. It makes him look like it's a parody account. It does. And I know it's not because I heard him on TalkSport the other week. Um, so essentially, the more he does this, the more the less people are going to um, gonna listen to him. People yeah. were tagging him in the video I put on yesterday. Um, must have tagged him in probably 15, 20 times. Um, and it's... People are tagging him in because it genuinely looked indefensible. And he somehow managed to try and defend it. And his reasoning behind the, the, the defending of it is completely utter bollocks, um, as far as I'm concerned. Um, and so, yeah, you know, I, when I first saw it, I thought a bit, oh, this could be quite good here, actually, because we might be able to actually get a bit, you know, normal everyday fans could show this account videos and you get an actual explanation as to what's gone on, maybe in from the eyes of a referee. But when he's just doing that, there's no fucking point. There's no, no point at all because he's just making himself look like a complete tosspot who can't admit that referees get things wrong. Yeah. Totally um, yeah. So yeah, uh, just ridiculous. Um, yeah. And yeah, I, I wasn't expecting that tweet to go like it went. Shit, my bloody phone's been mental all day, and it's still going now. Um, So, yeah, leave me alone. (laughs) I'm with you. And on that Ref Support UK, he set that up to support referees who were getting abused, getting, and I get that, totally get it, and that's there for that to highlight that some referees at grassroots level get attacked, etc., to support them, to help them back to refereeing if they want to, to help them prosecute, etc., 100% behind that. But you're losing credibility when you're going to come out and support a decision that's clearly wrong. If he'd have come out and said, do you know what? Ref's a human. He made a mistake on the day. Yeah, it's a stonewall penalty. He's got to go away and learn from it. He'd have got a lot more respect from the football fan base than coming out and saying, no, it's never a penalty. Because all he's doing now is saying that no matter what you're sending me, I'm going to support the referee. Now, I'm all for supporting the referees. But you support him by saying, actually, he's going to have another look at that tonight. Go away and think about it. Now, if there is one where by explaining the laws of the game, you go, actually, the referee's got that spot on. You just don't, you weren't aware of this law of the game. Great. Let the account do that. For instance, as I've said on here the other week, I had a game where I give a penalty, the lad struck it, he hit the post, come back, he then put it in. I give an indirect free kick and no one there knew what it was for. And it's because you can't double kick a ball on a penalty. So by no one else touching it. Now, if he comes out and explains that and fans get more knowledgeable about the laws of the game, go, actually, well done, ref. You know, you knew that obscure law. Great. But don't come out and defend things that are indefensible. Because as I say, Stevie Wonder said that was a penalty. So yeah, I think I think that's the that's the thing, isn't it? It's, it like you've like you just said, Bears, about the, these referees being attacked at grassroots roots and stuff like that. That's an absolute disgrace. Like yeah. I don't, I don't, I don't see, I don't see why why people fight over football full stop. So starting to attacking referees because he hasn't given you a free kick or whatever. You might perceive there is cost to your team a game's just 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 ridiculous, but 
But what, what, like, what, like you just said, they just need to come out, support them properly, and go, yeah, that's that, that's wrong. But, and then kind of go from there. Yeah, so, you know what? If he wants support refs. He then gets hold of the name of the ref, rings him on Monday, says, "How are you?" You know, well, because if a ref gets a big decision wrong, a ref. Some people think the ref goes home and doesn't give a shit. Actually, the ref goes home and thinks, "Fucking hell, I've got that wrong," and will be beating themselves up about it. Same as a striker. Well, if he misses an open goal, same as a defender. Well, if he gets himself sent off, that costs the team the game. Refs do care, actually, and I know a lot of people won't like to hear that, but refs do care. And they will go home and think, shit. Now, his job for me as supporting refs or the FA's job or whoever is pick that phone up. How are you? Are you all right? Because that ref, if he's watched that back, I'll be honest, he's probably had a sleepless night Saturday night. And if he watches his performance back, they're probably having sleepless nights for a month because it was fucking diabolical. He's getting a zero from me if he wants to know his mark. So if you're listening, it's zero. You normally get one for turning up, but you didn't bastard turn up. You were that bad. Um, so learn, help him learn. Talk to him about, go on, why didn't he give it? And do you know what his explanation might be? And none of us might know this. And watching the video, I don't think it is this. But his explanation might be, do you know what? At that moment in time, a player ran in front of me. A player ran in front of me and I missed it. And if that's his explanation, do you know what? You can't argue with that because he can't give a penalty for something he didn't see. And then his learning point is you need to be in a better position next time the ball's in that area of the pitch. And I've reft, that does happen sometimes. On the odd occasion, something happens and a player's ran past you and you've completely missed it because the player's blocked your view. Now, we know that as fans. We're still seething that we haven't got a penalty, but actually you go... Fucking hell, I can understand why he hasn't given it now. Now, if he goes, do you know what? I saw it clearly, and in my eyes, it wasn't a penalty. There's an issue there. So someone needs to be having that conversation with him. But as I say, we'll move on from the ref, because I'm going to carry on now, and I don't want to. <laughs> ref Watch brought to you by repair-glasses.co.uk. Um, yeah. That hit the referee, not you, Beth. Well, <laughs> well thanks. Yeah. Carry on, carry on with your cat jokes. And... <laughs> Me up. Oh, shocking. Yeah. And yeah, let's get on to the game. The highlight of the day, Tom, was in the pub where we ended up with two games of Domino. Yeah, we've got a, we've got we've got a breakaway division. We've got a live live Dominoes. It's happened where the money is. It's yeah. uh, a, a reserve it... league. Oh no, the standard was much higher. I think. It was. Um, I watched some of it. Yeah, that's true. Um, yeah, yeah it, it was. It do you know what? It was one of the more enjoyable. It was one of the most enjoyable days I've had this season. Um, really good crack. Really good people. Um, everyone was having a good laugh. Um, and it was just you know, it it was there was bloody hell. There the must have been nine, ten of us playing dominoes yeah. at one point. Yeah. And um, we had two tables going. There was pounds flying everywhere, and it was a good crack. And I think as uh, as have we been told that Dicko's purchased himself yeah. some dominoes for the next time ball. around. Yeah, yeah. He was that pissed off of putting a pound in, and his domino didn't come out to play. That he's gone and purchased his own dominoes. Bit like yeah. the lad on the playground. It's my ball. I'm going home. Dicko has his own dominoes now. <laughs> <laughs> but see, it was uh, it was no really good day. The pub we stopped in the was it the Golden Pheasant? Something like that. Um, was uh, a nice little boozy. It was quite dear, but it was a nice little boozy. Um, so yeah, great day. Uh, and to be fair, 
match one is too bad, was it? It wasn't. So if anyone wants a game of dominoes, get yourself boots on the fumbles. We have three hours worth of dominoes before we get to the match. <laughs> and to the point this way, uh, this is how competitive it gets. That I would say uh, five or six people left off past 12 to go to the pub next door uh, to go and p- watch Liverpool-Everton. Yeah. Um, I think it took them all of about 20 minutes to come back because they'd rather be playing dominoes than watching the game. Yeah, yeah. And we have said some away games, we might actually just stay in the pub and play dominoes. So if you <laughs> want a game of dominoes, get yourselves on the pub. Yeah, it depends pub. who we're playing. Uh... Yeah, yeah. Cracking day, Ad. Moving on, Johnny, you didn't play dominoes, but you did watch in goal, Super Connor Ripley. Yeah, um, not Ripley's finest game in a veil shirt for us, I don't think. I think made a couple of good saves, but but his kicking was atrocious. Like he put us in trouble twice, smashed one out for a throw in towards Ben Garrity, and I think like it, it, it's one of them things that we aren't accustomed to seeing from Ripley. So was was a bit like oh okay, and I know Bez, you said oh is it because of the small pitch, but. A lot of his kicks in the second half were coming down with snow on. They, they were starting that, that far, up, far up in the sky as he was twatting him. So that was something I was a bit not concerned about because I know he's, know he's good with his feet, but something that was just a bit irritating because they, they were winning pretty much every header then because how they were coming down because they, they, they were attacking it. He made a real, really good save um, second half. Where he came and narrowed the angles from, I think was it a pull back pass towards him or I can't, I can't remember. Was it the one where Ollie turned on the edge yeah. of the box and they nicked it from him? And I'm not blasting Ollie for that, by the way, because I want Ollie turning on the ball because 99 times out of 100 he actually gets away from his man and gets us going. So it was just that one time he got caught. Yeah, it, that that's the one. And like you say, I'm I'm not I'm I'm all right with that. And Ripley went and saved his mate. So. That, that's what you want from your keeper. So, like with his hands, real good performance. There was one in the first half where he comes out and kind of punches it, but doesn't get a full punch on it, but gets enough on it. So, like stuff like that, he was really sound with. But it was just his kicking yesterday, and I think it's because we've come to expect such a high standard from him. Yeah, that it it maybe irritated me more than it might have done. But yeah, so. Um, six for Ripley. I think it would have been seven if his kicking was more on point because I do think that save in the second half is potentially match match saving. So, yeah, it is. And if you haven't seen the Football League highlights show, it's on there and it looks even better on the tally. I thought it was a great save. And as you say, he's probably a mark with his feet and a mark with his hands just because with his hands, yeah. he's probably an eight and with his feet, he's probably a four. So, six is probably about right overall. Yeah, that, that that that's what I'm. And I know people will say, "Well, goalkeeper's job is to stop goals," but it's it, our goalkeeper's job is slightly different. He, he when he, when he's got the ball, we're relying on him to start attacks. And when when you're rifling it at Ben Garrity from ten yards and expecting him to control it on the on that wet pitch, like you, you've got to be a bit sensible, aren't you? Yeah, Tom. Yeah, I completely agree with everything Johnny said there. Um, I was I was going to mention the uh, the save he made um, when he when he came out and we hold on the air's just gone out of my bloody seat and I've got my feet on the desk. Uh, yeah, he uh, 
yeah, it was a crucial, crucial save. Um, and I, I, he is very, very good at when he comes out with the one-on-ones, at spreading his body and making himself bigger. Um, so, yeah, pretty crucial save because I'll, I'll be honest, I was just kind of waiting for the net to... Uh, the net to go and um, then be one nil up. Um, I think was there a, was there was there a punch in the first half that he went, and it probably wasn't the cleanest of connections with the punch. Um, so maybe is there an area for improvement with his uh, with his punching possibly? Um, but yeah, a bang average game for him. I think six is pretty fair. Yeah, and moving on, we haven't discussed each of our paralysis escape room man of the match. But my paralysis escape room man of the match is next. Tom, right at the back three, Jason Love. Yeah, my man of the match as well, Lowy. Uh, thought he was absolutely outstanding yesterday. Um, and he, he almost looks like the experienced head that we need there. Um, I thought he... Uh, I don't think he put really a foot wrong all game. Um, and he just, he, he's most certainly currently making that position his own. Um, yeah. I think we discussed if, if Yakovetti was fit, who would, who would, would Yak come straight back in? He would for me, yes, but I think he'd replace Kofi currently. Although saying that, you know, I was quite happy, but Jason Lowe yesterday, uh, yeah, fantastic for me. Everything he did was brilliant, and uh, I think he takes the pressure off Smithy a little bit. Yeah, I'm with you. And the only thing he potentially did wrong all day, he slipped early doors, but in all fairness, that's down to the pitch. It's not a mistake for him for me. Johnny, has he got a full house, or are you against someone else? Um, he's got a full house by virtue of playing the full game. Yeah, uh, that's fair. Some what another player was pushed him very close. Um, but yeah, um, I think. My my only criticism of Jason Lowe was right at the end where Presley came on and kind of went straight over to Lowe and there was that bouncing one in the box at the end where I think Lowe recovered and actually headed it back to the keeper. So did did enough sort of thing to sort of help, help us out in that sense. Um, he's just he's good with the ball. He's, he's the first... He's the first player that I've noticed how how much he passes and moves. Um, I was saying to you, wasn't I, Tom? Like you watch when he when he releases the ball, he was on his bike straight away, and he was he was moving into a different position. He was giving giving that triangle option of whoever was getting it, or, or he felt like he was two or three passes ahead in that sort of sense. He's not blessed with pace, but. That's not kind of that. That's not why he's in there, is it? And I, do, I just, I just think that the only, the only thing I'd like to see is a better delivery into the box from him. There was a couple of times him and Sang linked up really well, and Sang rolled it back, and there was a chance to put it in the box, and it just wasn't, it just wasn't quite right. So that that's the only negative. But strong, strong eight for me. I thought he was brilliant. Yeah, I'm with you. Fuzz is fantastic. And I just say, he's not going to be the overlapping centre-half like a Luis Cassis. But I don't want him doing that. I want him at the back making sure we're solid, which we needed to be yesterday. He did that. Fuzz is fantastic. Three out of three. Paralysis escape room, man of the match. Jason Lowe, get yourselves over there. 
go for your Christmas party or what have you. We'll be there on Friday. So we'll give you the full report next weekend. Christ. Yeah, Christ. I didn't enjoy the first time, so I don't know why the bloody hell have agreed to go again. No, but you have. Uh, Fucking hell. So yeah, yeah, looking forward to that on Friday. That'll be good, that will. just before you move on, I forgot to ask when you were doing your um, review of the fumbles and stuff. How, how yeah. did the nephew enjoy his first one? Really enjoyed it. Yeah, really enjoyed it. He got off the coaches. That was all right. I could I do that again? I thought, like, oh, will you? <laughs> so, yeah, really enjoyed it. And thank you to everyone for making him welcome. He enjoyed his game of dominoes as well. That's his first Highlight game of, dominoes of, of the day was Bez saying, I can't have much to drink today because I'm on uncle duties at five past eight in the morning drinking Guinness. <laughs> to be fair, <laughs> I didn't have much. No, no. You, uh, yeah, I had two, two pints in the pub. Is that it? Yeah. How fair. In which pub? The one in... Um, <laughs> the one, Crown. No, uh, not the Crown. That's the golden right, yeah. feather. The golden feather. Yeah. And the golden feather? Whatever. Pheasant. <laughs> pheasant. Pheasant. Pheasants have got feathers. But yeah. Uh, just a quick one as well. Um, under the cost this week's episode is Brian Orton. As a Patreon, I've got it tonight. So for those that, you know, we talked about Brian earlier, he's on this week's Under the Cosh. That'll uh, be interesting then. Yeah, it will. They've had a few good ones. This series so far has been a lot better than last. So, yeah, they've had a few good ones. Um, moving on, Johnny, in the middle, and I thought he also had a good game yesterday. Big Cove. Yeah, I thought I thought this was one of Cove's better games. Um, I think we were all a bit concerned when, when he went down after what looked like a scrape down the Achilles, which, accidental one, by the way. He wasn't like yeah. someone stamped and tried to take his Achilles off. Um, but, yeah, he looked like it looks like it could be a long one and he, he kind of come back on and was, was limping and we set, set up the defender corner and he was bouncing as if like he was testing testing if it was going to roll out sort of thing. But I thought it was really composed performance, good with the ball. He didn't let Reed have too much of a sniff at it. He, I think he, the, the tackle he got booked for, um, me and Tom had a rather heated disagreement in the ground over it. Um I still stand by that I think I think it was right. Um but I can't remember it. <laughs> down by the touchline their lad skips past him. Oh no he bloody never never in a million years was that a fucking bloody hell. Yeah I can remember it now. Yeah I honestly as a ref could put an argument forward for and against. So I can't criticise the ref too much. You can put an argument against that. Do you know what? He's made no contact with anyone. It's never a yellow card. You can put an argument for that. Do you know what? A little bit out of control, a little bit reckless. Yellow card, he slid in, and just because he hasn't made contact. If I was refing, yeah, I think I'd probably say a yellow card. But you can put an argument for or against. Yeah, I think, I think that's fair. But yeah, I, like I said, I, I thought Kofi was, Kof was excellent. I still think I'd still prefer him on the the left of the three. I'd still put I'd I'd put Nathan in the middle all day long. But yeah, apart from that, um, that's that's more on Crosby than any of the actual players. Um, 
yeah, good, 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 solid performance and a and a seven for me. Thought he was he was show, showing the kind of promise that you that you expect from a twenty three year old that's come with quite high praise. Yeah, Tom. Yeah, um, I touched on him earlier when we were talking about Lowe. Um I thought that was his best game I've seen him have for me for, in the, for the Vale. Um, I think he looked calm. Um, and it he looks more assured on the ball than a lot of other centre halves. Um, you know, he's a, you can tell he's a footballer. Um, and I thought he dealt with everything that was chucked at him yesterday. Um, there was a couple of nice little turns when he got his he was running back towards his own goal and such like. Um, so yeah, really, really pleased with him. I'll be honest. That uh, I think that back three picks itself for for Tuesday. I'd, uh, I'd expect all three of them to start again. Yeah, with you, with you on that, and with you both on Cove. Not a lot to add there. What I did love, I think 10, 15 minutes in, one of their lads is running at him, and Cove just big shoulder barge out of the way, bang, got the ball. I say barge, it wasn't a barge because the barge is a foul man, but leaned in. Their lad went flying, took the ball, loved him yesterday. Johnny, no, Tom, on the left of the back three yesterday was out smudge. Uh, yeah, uh, decent game from Smithy. Um, you know, he, he didn't put a foot wrong. He got, got, um, he dealt with what he needed to deal with. He was strong. There was, he looked a little bit more composed on the ball than Nathan Smith normally does. I think he might, he might now be coming, you know, he's probably taking 10. 10, 11 games to get into it um, to really start to understand where you can where you can trust your midfield players and which ones you can trust and you know what balls you gave. I think there was a couple of times we um, we played into Ojo and our blaster in probably tight situations. They had men up their arse, but we seem to have a plan now with that's how we're going to switch um, switch the ball about from centre half to centre half and. Um, Smudger certainly played a big part in that yesterday. Um, so, yeah, decent Nathan performance. I'd probably say a seven yesterday. Johnny? Um, for me, a six. Um, I think he was reckless when he was on a booking. Um, like like you mentioned, Bez, there's a, there's a high possibility that another ref sends him off Yeah. For, for the second one. And I think... We all gasped and it all went a little bit quiet when the ref gave the free kick. So I do, I do think that that needs. He that. didn't give the free kick, did he? He played the advantage. Yeah, he put, but we saw when he played advantage for us that he brought it back pretty sharpish and boot their lad, didn't he? So yes, I think that was my my big thing about it was I thought, oh shit, here we go, um, and I couldn't have blamed him really for it, um, but yeah. He didn't send him off. I thought the only thing I think with Smithy is I, I I'd, at this moment in time I'd much prefer seeing him in that centre of the three, and just touched on it. I think I get why Kofi's in there. It's a, it's it's a good sort of lynch so Funzo doesn't have to go and drop in. But I thought it was actually quite successful at the start of the season when your wide centre halves became almost full-backs and Funzo and Smithy were two centre-halves as we were playing out. And I, and I think that gave Ollie a bit more space in the middle and stuff like that. So 
I would just prefer seeing him in the middle. Um, but yeah, it was, it was all right. He, he dealt with he dealt with things where needed. He's 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 a and nothing else really stands out as absolutely heroic or absolutely disgraceful. So I just think middle of the road six um, possibly would have been higher if if he hadn't shown that bit of. And I know it's 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 mental saying oh you you you're marking someone down because they didn't get sent off, but. Similarly to what we said, what I said about Ripley's kicking and stuff like that, you you it affects part of the game, and you've just got to be a bit sensible about things sometimes. Mm. Yeah, no, I think that's fair. I think he did have a great game apart from that, but yeah, could have walked, and that could have cost us the points at the end of the day because they'd be then thrown everything at us. But yeah, so I think that's all fair. Um, then moving on, Johnny, you've already touched on it. If someone stayed on the pitch for 90 minutes, they'd have got your man of the match. And I agree with you. And I think we had that discussion in the ground on the right. And I thought he had a great game. And I'll say that again, because I have given him some sticks saying he's not a wing back. Tom Sang. Yeah, best game in a veil shirt for me, that. Yeah. That, that that was his best game, I think. He was up and down wing back. And we were. I know we were, we were trying to get a few bites out of Tom during the game. Um, with oh, oh, Mitch would have controlled that as 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 one trickled out under Sang's foot, but it was it it was it was just that I was just trying try and wind Tom up. I thought he did everything you want from a wing back. He linked up with Low really nicely. He was playing some nice triangles. His delivery, there was one. There was there was only one out of all of them that I thought could he have put a bit more pace on that. And I know, Tom, we had that discussion saying, well, actually, should Plant be doing better with the header rather than should Sang be putting more power on the, the cross so that Plant doesn't have to do as much with his header? Um, Brad, I still think that the cross could have been had a little bit more power on it than kind of it felt a bit floaty. Um, but overall, Tom Sang, if he plays like that every week, I'd have no issues with him playing wing back. So... He's now he's now set a standard. We we know Bristol Rovers. He was all right. Portsmouth. He was all right. So maybe it's just taking him a few more games to get used to it. But if this is if this is this Tom Sam performances, we've got improvements. We know that. Like Tom mentioned it earlier, we 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 need to score more goals from crosses. Part of that is the crossing's got to be better, but the people in the box have got to be better as well. So let's see what the next few games sort of bring with with them. Yep, I'm with you. And actually, Tom Sang put some great balls in yesterday that actually the strikers just need to gamble on. For me, yeah. they're in the right area, cross the six-yard box. Their defender and keeper didn't get there. If we were a lad running, then he got a tap in. Yeah, he did. And I know Goodwin will absolutely slaughter me, so it was an eight. Yeah, um, there we go. Set. But I say, man of the match to Jason Lowe, virtue of staying on for the whole game, because I do think he was pretty... Him, him and Sang were pretty similar level all through. Yeah. Tom? Yeah. Uh, agree with everything Johnny said. He was um, the second best player on the pitch um, comfortably. Um, that was his That was his best game for us. Um, he, he he's very good at being quite composed when he's on the ball and that's what I like about him. Um, he won't just get wide and deliver a ball in the box. You kind of if there's if he if he can get it, 
inside, he, like a little chop in between the um, the fullback and the centre halves and get someone in there. He will do, and he has got a pretty good record at getting people in there. Um, but yeah, but you know, um, is you know, are we going to start seeing a bit more from Sangi now? Is he going to become? Because this is where we're at now. We're, you know, we're 13 games in. This is where we, you know, we've seen we've seen players have good games. We've seen players have bad games. Now we need to start seeing them have more good than bad. Um, and certainly Sangi um, is fit, fits that bill. Um, and from yesterday, so far, so good. Yeah, with you both, best game in the Vale shirt for me. Really enjoyed him yesterday. So I shan't be calling for Mitch Clark at right wing back until he gets a bad game. And obviously, we're all allowed a bad game. Tom in the middle. The blast if rest from under twenty duty. Uh, decent game, Ollie. Um he tries and he tries, doesn't he, to get us he, he's the main one, I think, who kind of dictates um how we play. Um there was a couple of times you could just see that his his footballing brain is is a lot more advanced than a lot of players in our league. Um and I think obviously Stevenage, have they got you know, a couple of centre midfielders who maybe well, won't have played at the same kind of level as he has. Uh, and, and, you know, you could tell in certain um, certain bits. Um, and, you know, he was he was kind of, he was comfortable. He always wants the ball. And that's what I like about Ollie. Is that there isn't a space where I look and I think, don't give him that there. Um, you know, he's he he does he looks assured on it he doesn't look like he's going to lose it and um yeah he makes his tick over so whilst unspectacular he was decent yeah johnny yeah no i think that that was my my summary of him was good without doing anything special um i think his his little link up in the second half where where he has he gets that ball and I think that's where Mitch pinched it off his toe. Um, that's the that's what you want to see a bit more from him, a bit more driving, a bit more getting in the box. But overall, good performance. You know what you're getting from 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 Ollie. Solid six, and it's it's yeah, it's it's becoming his norm, isn't it? Which kind of the Dave Worrell effect from seasons gone by. Yeah, I was just about to say, if any other midfielder put in the performance at Ollie yesterday, you wouldn't be giving him a six, you'd be giving him more. But as you say, that's what we've come to expect from him now. Yeah, and, and obviously it's it's sometimes a bit harsh in that, 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 that respect, but he is putting in high-quality performances each week, and he's an 18-year-old lad that hasn't yet let us down. And I don't I don't see where, where he would, because he, he puts... Do you know? Do you know when you've played with players that are just better than you, and no. like sometimes everyone you've played with is better than you bears. There's you beat me to that then, but I didn't want to say. I, I, I couldn't think of a way of saying it without sounding like a big Eddie Brick. I'll be honest. <laughs> oh yeah, when you've played with players that you just know are head and shoulders above anyone else on that pitch. Sometimes that player doesn't doesn't put the shift in the same because they're they're like your kind of superstar and it's like don't worry about it. He'll when he's got the ball he'll he'll do the bits, but when he hasn't, don't don't worry about what he's doing. But you don't get that from Ollie. He's 
he works as hard backwards and off the ball as he does with it. And I just, I love him. And it scares me the closer we get to January. Yeah, yeah, it does me. Johnny, agree with everything you've both said about Blasts are fantastic. Ojo next. Another one. Another one that's that's putting in consistently good performances. Like, I don't know what happened to his head. Um, I only only assume that he's taken some form of knock there, which can't be anything little um, to to have that much blood streaming down his face. Um, but all through, he's just he's just calm on the ball. He takes it. He he knows what he knows what he wants to do. He knows the areas to do it in, and he just feels like a born leader. And I think I think he's having a lot of positive impact on Ollie. Like Ollie's brilliant, but I think having Ojo next to him is is doing him the world of good. So solid again, six for Ojo. Solid. I thought. The two lads in midfield did the screening job really well, but we do just need a little bit more from one or both of them going forward sometimes. Tom? Uh, yeah, agree with Johnny. I think there was um, the first, was it 15 minutes or so, he saw a lot of the ball um, and it probably coincided with us having a really good spell in the game. Um, we looked um, assertive. And um, again, same with our blaster. They they're the ones who dictate what we do. Um, I am glad that when we bought Uchon that we didn't go straight long ball. We probably played a little bit more direct, um, but we weren't just lumping it, which is great. Um, so yeah. Uh, the, the the cut on his head looked a nasty one because he wasn't half pissing with blood. Yeah. Um, but uh, no, solid, solid game, um, and they're, they're pretty much. It seems to be that that is our midfield for this, hopefully for the, for the season, um, with them two, um, because, I mean, I can't see us getting two better players than them two in centre midfield. So I can't see anybody like like getting them out the side. If I'm honest, yeah. I'm with you. And then moving on, Tom, on the left, plenty. Oh, worst game from the Vale Street for me. Uh, I thought he had a bit of a torrid time. Um, nothing seemed to come off for him. Uh, sometimes was he a little bit slow um, to, to release the ball or to make a decision on what to do next. That's, you know, that might just come from age and naivety and you know, over the course of his career, I'm sure that'll um, that'll speed up and he'll, he'll get that awareness more. Um, but, you know, like you've just said, everyone's in, everyone's allowed a bad game. But, uh, yeah, he certainly had it yesterday, didn't he? Um, I am kind of glad that he got a chance to come around by the away fans after he went off. Because um, I thought it was fantastic from the fans to kind of say, like, look, yes, you've had a shit game. Don't worry, we're still all behind you. We're still back here. Um, so he's just got to dust himself off now. And, it, you know, it's probably good that we've got a game Tuesday. And if he's involved, he can uh, he can hopefully blow off the cobwebs there. Yeah. Johnny? Yeah, that, that's it, isn't it? Do you know what I mean? Like, one performance doesn't define how good of a player you are going to be, have been, whatever. So 
he's had a bad game. We're not. I'm not. I'm not going to, I'm not going to pinpoint everything that he did, but I think it summed it up just before he came off, where he made a great run down the wing, tried chop backwards, and it just was right stuck under his feet and was just going everywhere. And you could just see the look on his face. Then was like he wanted the ground swallow him up, and he just wanted off that pitch. Like, and I think that was because he knew his number was up. It wasn't that he was throwing the towel in. I just think he knew he saw the subs that were being made and he knew that he was one of them. So he just wanted off. He walked past the away fans. His head was down. He he didn't, he almost didn't want to look up. But like Tom just said, the fans were class with him. So we kind of move on. Like, we, I think we said a lot about Planty early on. I don't think we need to sit and repeat it. Um, no. But it, it, it's going to happen. He's going to have, he's, he's going to have bad games in his career. But, Hopefully, in a Vale shirt, he's going to have hundreds more better games. So, we chalk this one up as bad day at the office. Didn't cost us a goal. Didn't do anything utterly terrible. So, it's not like some performances we've seen in the past. Um, but it is a four. It, it just wasn't it, it wasn't good enough. Yeah, no, I'm with you both. It wasn't his best game in a Vale shirt. It probably was his worst game. But I'm still going to stick up for him every day of the week. Yeah, which, which, which is what we like. Yeah. yeah. Next, Johnny, the best on earth, Ben Garrity. Ben, going forward, was a four. I think he didn't get involved anywhere near enough. Off the ball and the work he did was an eight. So he settles on a six for me. And that's why I think he was brilliant off the ball. He helped out. We kind of went more of a three with Garrity. It felt like we had like the two centre midfielders, then Garrity, then Chislett, then Loft slash Ooch. It was never a fluid two men behind the striker. And I don't know if that was by judgment because of how they set up or if that was just Garrity dropping in because he felt like he needed to. Um, so like I say, it wasn't it wasn't dreadful from from Ben. Um, but it was kind of like it was just just need a little bit more from your attacking midfielders going forward. Um, but yeah, he he brings a lot to the team, so solid six. And it's just just Ben Garrity, isn't it? Yeah, Tom. Yeah, agree. Um, again, he was. I was trying to. I was saying in the ground. I didn't know whether. I wanted him to be the one that came off because I thought if he did come off um, and we sacrificed that work rate, um, would that affect us? Would that be um, detrimental to us? Because, um, you know, there isn't anybody at the club um, who puts in the puts in the miles and the legwork that Ben Garrity does. Um, and, well, as we've seen, he's good for, he's good for a goal every now and again. Um so yeah, it's uh, it was it wasn't his best game going forward, um, but certainly his work rate was there um, for me. So yeah, I think a six is probably fair. Yeah, with you both on that. And then next to him, Tommy had the shit kicked out of him while he was on the pitch, and that something I didn't bring up on ref watch because I couldn't bring up everything. At one point, he had he was fouled four times in two minutes, and rather than getting the card out, the ref brought their captain over, put a little arm round his shoulder, said, "Please don't do that again." Chessy. Yeah. I uh, I'll be honest, I thought he had a decent game yesterday. Um 
he is the one in our side. I think who seems to want to take risks in the final third, which is good. You need one. Um, I I want to see him have some have a, have a few more shots from outside the box. We know he can hit the ball. Um, so I'd just like to see that a bit more from him. That's a bit part of his game that I would like to see. Um, but no, a, a good game. And I, yeah, like you said, I did feel for him because uh, he must be black and blue today from all the kicks he got. Yeah. Johnny? Yeah. I don't like... We touched on it again at the start. It, it seems like something has, has changed a little bit from start of the season because Chizzy isn't... He isn't having that go from the edge of the area like he was. Like he scored two, three crack, crackers, isn't he, at the start of the season by have, having a dabble. So I'd like to see that come back. Um, I do feel that they they knew he was dangerous. So so their their idea was we're just going to kick him. Maybe last season when they played like some of them played against him, he he, he did a job for Wimbledon, and they were like, like the only way we stop him is by kicking him because. He then goes missing in a game, but credit to him, he didn't. He kept picking the ball up and kept letting a different lad take a chunk out of him and get a cuddle from the referee. Um, so, yeah, Chizzy, good. Needs to be more effective, though. Like, needs to create more because he is that one. He, he, is, he is the one of the, the two when, when him and Ben are playing behind that we're going to rely on more, more often than not to create. Um, so, so he, he's he's got to he's got to chip in a bit more, but you can't you can't fault everything he did yesterday. Um, solid six, and we we kind of now need to work out how we get how how we get everybody around Chislet helping him out and the movement we need doing. How we get the other the other man running on and getting in, so we've got enough people in the box for when when they're doing them sort of cutbacks or nice little intricate play on the edge of the box. Um, so it's going, to be, it's going to be an interesting few few weeks, I feel. Yeah, no, I'm with you. And then last but not least, we've got two strikers because they play 45 each. We've done a lot of it. So anything new to add on Ryan Loft? For me, uh, just just a seven for Lofty. I thought he was he was decent. He he, he tracked while he tracked the ball nicely. He was trying. He, he should have probably scored. Um, that effort in the first half where he blazed over. I think if that's five six games in and he's got a couple of goals, he probably scores that because I don't think he tries to take the take the the, the roof off the back of the net with it. Um, so yeah, he probably he probably should have scored that one, but overall decent started well, and I think hopefully, hopefully that might ease the nerves of some people that weren't pro Ryan Loft. Um, obviously, no one's going to be hundred percent comfortable with either striker until that ball starts hitting the back of the net regularly. But it's a it's a good starting point. He's setting set himself up well for me. Um, so yeah, that's that's lofty. And Ooch, um, he, I think he's he touched Ooch touched on him on himself. Um, he said to Crosby that that one where he goes into the area and he, he, he shrugs off the line, he probably should have gone down and maybe have got a penalty. I'd probably say not with this referee. Um, no, definitely not with this referee. The right there, but 
um, you can see what he's thinking because he because again, people do like putting their hands on him because he's a big old bastard. Um, so six for each. I think he was slightly less effective over the forty-five than than Loft was, but probably created create created a bit more havoc, shall we say? Um, and once we get used to that, in terms of the other players around him, I think we I think they they've got a good chance of picking up a few scraps and finding out that Ooch does make make gaps for you, for everyone else to play in. Yeah, no, that's fair. Tom, anything else to add? No, not really. Um, that the the Ryan Loft chance uh, first off was probably a bit a big a bigger chance than it was probably made of at the time. Um, he should he's got to hit the target at least for me. Um, but I thought he was tidy. Um, he did what he needed to. I probably would have put him at about the same as Ooch as six for me. Um, I don't think there was anything particularly spectacular. There was there was a, a lot more nice interchanges. We seemed to have a focal point a little bit more. Um, we certainly played into feet more than we have been doing. Um, and that's obviously, from a player's perspective, that's, uh, you know, they obviously... They trust him with the ball to feet. He gets in some nice positions. He pulls off the centre half quite nicely, um, and yeah, I thought it was a, a decent, a, a decent game and a, a decent um, kind of start to the career. Should we go with um, the Vale? Um, Ooch, yeah, touched on him earlier on. Uh, six is is probably ample. Um, I thought he should have done better with the one he got to the byline. He didn't seem to get his head up because um, it was a relatively straightforward block for the defender. Um, so, yeah, you know, six is all around for me for both of them. Yeah, with you both on. I'm really looking forward to seeing them both get fully fit and be able to play more than 45 minutes at a good level. Because I think they were both flagging towards the end. So I'm looking forward to them both getting fit get them on the pitch, and then who knows, maybe we will go two up top at some point, maybe we stick with this, but at least it gives us the option to go two up top, and question, I like to keep saying. Question for you both, and I know you, you just kind of half-sold the point by what you're saying, that you'd like two up top. Would Loft and Ooch work together? Potentially, because they're different big men for me. Now, when I say I like two up top, I do like two up top, but the squad that we've got at the moment, I think we are better suited to what we're playing because we have got them nice players in the midfield. You've got all oh, Blaster and Ojo, Deep. You can then have Garrity and Chersey, Garrity and Divine behind. So I think the squad we've got is suited to what we're playing. However, I do like two up top. But yeah, I think they could, because you'd still go into feet for Lofty and he can hold it up. You play it off him, get it out wide. Uchi, you're kind of playing just down the side of him. So we can pin a defender, turn and run towards the goal. So yeah, I think you could, but I think the more natural would be one or the other with Thomas or one or the other with Wilson once fit, if you still yeah, have the value. That, that, that was obviously the natural. It was just whether we we could see that. What what about you, Tom? I can't see any reason. I mean, it probably wouldn't start with both of them. Um, if you're chasing a game, I would certainly, you know, be, be okay with the idea of chucking them both on and having them both up there and maybe try and increase your... Um, Increase your level of balls into the box. Because um, we know that Lofty can edit. Um, Uchi's a pain in the arse to have around the box. 
Um, so, yeah, I can't see any reason why it, they wouldn't. But like Bear says, we are squad. Would I want... I don't know whether... I, I'm currently... I, th- I get that people want two up front. But you've got to ask yourself a question. Does that player who's going up front, does that striker, give you more than the midfielder you're taking out of there? So does Ooch coming in give you more than Ethan Chisler or Ben Garrity or Alfie Devine? Um, and for me, currently, the answer would be no. So I'm quite happy with one up front. Um, but I, I would like to see us go to two if, you know, if the game looks like it could, you know, we, if, we, if, if we change the game by going to up top, I would like to see us do it. Um, so yeah, that's down to to Crosby to see when that moment is. Yeah, yeah fair. I just I just wondering what what your thoughts were because I you kind of got Uchi's pace, haven't you? That that once he's up to speed, could be dangerous in that sort of two. And they're still both two big horrible bastards that. I think the majority of centre halves, if you looked across and saw both of them on the pitch, you'd, you'd probably feel a bit sick before you kicked off. Yeah. So no, that's that's it then. That's Super Bail Away, brought to you by Andy PVFC's Taxis. Need a lift to the airport or somewhere special? Give Andy a call, and he'll get one of his drivers pick you up and take it. Won't do it himself, especially if you're Jamie. But no, we might do it himself. Yeah, give Andy a call. Super Bail Away, sponsored by Andy PVFC's Taxis. Johnny, we've got a game on Tuesday. We have, um, so we'll make it short and sweet. Peterborough, uh, it's kind of our, would, would, is it fair to say, pretty much a bogey side for us? We don't, yeah, we don't do we don't, well against them, do we? Yeah, we, 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 tend, we tend to concede three or four every time we, we seem to play them. Um, so, so I think, I think it's, it's, it's a big game for us. Um, it's kind of, let's see what we've, what we've learned over this break and what we what we can do to improve and how we how how we sort of go about reaching that sort of next level in the league. They are fifth, um, so they've obviously had a decent decent start to the season. Um, they've drawn a lot of games, um, which is big. Um, they drew two all at Wickham last one. Um, they beat Lincoln 2-0, drew one all with Carlisle and beat Bristol Rovers 2-0 in the last four. So they're on a they're on a decent unbeaten run. Um the last time they actually lost a game that wasn't on penalties was the League Cup um to Portsmouth, where they lost 3-1. Um and that was back in September. They last lost a game in the league in August. That was 4-2 to Derby. So they're on a they're on a very good very good run at the moment. Um, so yeah, we, we we know that they're not they're not like the brute force that they've been in past promotion seasons, but they're they're doing enough and they're they're doing well. They have scored twenty goals in their thirteen games and conceded fourteen. Um, so so there is there is the chance to to score a goal or two um, if we get if we get this right. Tom, what jumps out at you straight away about Peterborough? Johnson Clark Harris, um, yeah, he's uh, he's a monster. Any, I, I think they they are a good footballing side. Um, we've seen them before. We don't have 
the best record against Peterborough. Um, I don't think. Um, I've just been having a quick look, just while you were talking. Then just how they are, um, how are they doing, uh, like away from home form wise? Uh, they've played six. They've won two, drawn two, lost two. Uh, scored seven, conceded seven. So they're not particularly glamorous to watch. Um, however, you know they, they they seem a bit indifferent away from home. Um, so it'll be it'll be a good game. I don't think we are as far away. Hold. Oh, excuse me. Sorry. Um, Watch you. Thank you. I don't think we're as far away from them as people may be making out. I heard a couple of people yesterday saying, oh, they'll batter us Tuesday, blah, blah, blah. I don't think we're that far away. I mean, don't get me wrong. We're not at their level. Um, but there's absolutely no reason why we can't beat them. Um, but I'll be honest, they've, they've uh, scored seven, conceded seven. We've scored five, conceded four. So it's I can't see it being a high-scoring game, if I'm honest. Yeah, they, what worries me with Peter is they've always got pacey wingers. So I think our wing-backs are in for a tough night. And we, as a rule, as a club, have always struggled against pacey wingers. We haven't really... Mind you, we have. We've had the Charlton, haven't we? Blackie Taylor, I know we won the game, but he ripped us a new one. So, yeah, for me, the full-backs are crucial on Tuesday. We need to be on the A game. Yeah, I think I, I think I think I agree that that definitely pace is is one big thing that Peterborough have always had. Um, you you look at the three that they play behind Clark Harris and that Mason Clark that's playing there. Didn't, is he the one who got the hat trick last season? I think. Um, or definitely yes. scored a couple pastas. He definitely scored against us. And then they can't got, remember away. Yeah. Yeah, then yeah, they, they've got they've got some they've got some good players and the bench is pretty strong. They've still got Ricky J, J Jones and um Kwame Poku still there. He, he's not getting he, he's getting time off the bench in the last few, so I don't know if he's taking a knock. But yeah, they they've, they've got a good side. So, it's going to be a good test of see what see where, see where we're at. Um which I think's key at the minute to find out where we're at. Um and what we're, what we're planning on becoming, maybe. Um, but yeah, overall, Bez, where would you say your starting eleven lies? I was Ripley and goal. Back three, I'm going Smithy, Barmy, and Low again. But I think I'm moving Smithy in the middle with them playing a lone striker. And so it's Clark Harris. And it's Clark Harris, yeah. So Smithy in the middle to try and deal with him. And then I think Baum is going to have to kind of ease your pace here, one of the three. So he's going to have to try and sweep up if the wingers get in and, you know, the ball's over the top. Is there an argument that Deborah's the quickest you bring him in? I think it's asking too much of him, especially against Clark Harris. So if people said you bring him in for his pace, I can understand the rationale. But I just think to bring him in against Clark Harris after seeing what happened against um, Chris Martin, was it down Bristol Rovers? Yeah. It's asking a lot, so I, I don't think this is the game to bring him in. Uh, wing-backs, Sang's keeping his place. I thought he was fantastic. And again, I think I'm going for Mitch on the other side. I don't think he was great when he came on at the weekend, but experience, I think you're asking a lot of plenty against their wingers. 
I'd rather see Plenty coming on when the wingers are a bit tired or coming on in the 10 roll. So, Mitch, then obviously it's Arblaster, Ojo, Garrity, and Chasey keep his place. Does Chasey keep his place? I can have an argument for Chasey or Divine. I think I'll go Chasey like keep his place. But saying that, I do expect Alfie to come to life soon. I think he's had his settling in period now. And when he come on at the weekend, there were some nice little one-twos with all blasts, some nice bits of football. Maybe Divine deserves a shout and give Chizzy a rest for the weekend. Um, and then up top, I think Lofty's got to start again because I think he's a lot closer to full fitness than Nuches. Fair, Tom, any changes to that? Uh, no, no, not for me. I think Baz is the nail on the head. Uh, Divine would start on the bench for me and Chizzy would definitely, uh, would definitely start just purely because of... Uh, how you know how well he's been doing? Um, but other than that, no, no more, no other changes. You? No, I think I, I'm with you, Chislet. Chislet, over divine starts, but yeah, um, there's, there's nothing really that you look at and go, oh, that 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 glaring. It'll be interesting to find out how how long he's got in his legs. I can't see it being 45 and 45 again. So maybe Josh Thomas gets. Gets his forty-five this this time round, but um, overall decent. Bez, hand over to you for the AV timings. AVtimings.com. We've got a bit of something bring you tonight. Get yourself signed up for the Maidley Marathon in April next year at Half Marathon. Tom, don't worry, it's only off. Get yourself signed Still up for the Maidley Off. If you get yourself signed up this week in the discount box, put PVFC. It's all you need to put. You get no discount, but Sign up this week, and next Saturday you could have two tickets in the Robbie Williams suite. But you need to sign up this week because obviously the tickets are next Saturday. So get yourselves over. Um, it's for next weekend the game against Cheltenham. Um, Andy will let us know before Thursday who's won, and we'll get the tickets to you. But all you need to do is enter the Maidley half and put PVFC in the discount code box. And as I said, the Maidley half is in 2024, so you've got plenty of time to get training. I'm going to run it, and that's what I'm going to aim at doing it in an half-decent time. I'm going to put a lot of training for that one. Obviously, I have gone half-marathon in less than five weeks now, which is the Benidorm half, which Johnny and Simcox are going to throw 50 quid towards the Rudge statue if I complete it, and if I complete it in a full kit. And I have had a few people saying they want to sponsor me for it, so I wasn't going to do it for sponsor, but now, as a few people have said they want to sponsor me, I will set up a GoFundMe page. And the more you sponsor me, the more money will go to the Rudge statue and the more I'll have to run it and not stay in the pub. And it will cost Johnny 50 quid. Yeah, we'll see. Well worth it then. Well worth it. I'll definitely do it. Even, and I'm expecting that one take me over two hours, I'll be honest, because I'm not anywhere near at the moment, but I'll do it. But I the genuinely most important... couldn't think of anything worse. Well, yeah, we'll see. I'll get round. But the more important thing is get yourselves over to avtiming.com Sign up for the Maidley Half Marathon, which is in 2024, April. The dates will be on there. Put in the discount code, PVFC, and I'll be doing it, so I'll be going in the draw. But put PVFC in, and you might get two tickets to the Robbie Williams Suite next Saturday, as well as something to aim for. Something to aim for? Like what, what, what a pitch. Like a dartboard. No, yeah. like get, get an, an off marathon in the calendar to get your training plans running oh, up to. Fuck that. I thought you were going to say something exciting then. Pit, picture of bears throw darts at or something I was expecting. Not, mm. not people wouldn't throw darts at that. Well, I don't know. 
Might you, put it above the fireplace, keep the kids away, but they wouldn't throw darts at it. You, you put, I better door. take down that picture off my dartboard, don't I? <laughs> Twat. To be fair, it's nearly disintegrated now. I know it's got how many holes in it. Start off, I've seen you play darts, you wouldn't get anywhere freaking near it. <laughs> fair. <laughs> Yeah. So, avtiming.com, mainly off, PVFC in the discount box. I'm going for, as it's Port Bay on nil. Johnson Clark had his first goal, 38 minutes. 2 nil Peterborough. I'm oh. going to go 2-1, no, 2-2. Two, two. Oliar Blaster. Oh, Oliar. Yeah. Okay. More optimistic um, than me. Yeah. It might be blind faith, I'll be honest. <laughs> yeah, it did it did feel a bit like blind faith. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to go one all. Um and I think Ojo, twenty seven minutes. You're keeping with the Funzo Ojo, are you? Yeah, I'm, I'm, sticking, I'm sticking with Funzo. I'm sticking with Funz. Okie doke. That's and fair. Do you know, I've just realised I didn't do the um, stats for the weekend, but off the top of my head, it was the only one I have a shot on target. Wanted the one that their goalie tipped over. Well, let's have a look at the stats and see if that's right. So, stats at the weekend, completely out of order, because it's now at the end of the podcast. <laughs> Stevenage had 40% possession, Vale had 60. Total shots, Stevenage had 12 to Vale's 8. However, on target, Stevenage had two, Vale had three. Clear-cut chances, one for Stevenage, none for Vale. Corner, six for Stevenage, seven for Vale. So we hit the target three times, actually. But Ojo was one of them. Fair enough. There's, there we go. Well, yeah, um, interesting then. Tuesday is going to be a big game. I think part of me says that Saturday is the bigger of the two. Um, but I want to see us go full throttle against this and then see where we're at with it. So would you prioritise, is, is the last question, one over the other, or is it just the next game's a bigger game? Next game's the bigger game for me. They're both league games. Next game's the bigger game. Sat is the more winnable on paper, but they're both league games, treating both as important. Fair one. Yeah, I agree with Baz. I wouldn't. Uh, I wouldn't be looking to make any changes purely with Saturday in mind. Um, and I think, you know, but that's oh, unfortunately football is what it is. You've got to play three games in a week, some weeks. So uh, yeah, I wouldn't. I, you know, I still we have as much currently right now. We have as much chance of getting three points out of Peterborough as we do Cheltenham. So um, we have to treat them the same. Yeah, with you. Yeah, can't can't argue too much with that, but thought I'd ask the question anyway. Um, cool, all right. So we'll be back Wednesday, more than likely, um, with with the review and the preview of Saturday. Um, we will be getting a date in, like I said, with 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 Guppy. So um, keep your eyes peeled, and we'll we'll send out the sort of questions. Well, send out the. The, the time so you can ask ask a few questions here and there um and until then have a nail and up the veil 
So, it's full time from the pod, and we've just lost again, and now it's time for a treat. What are you looking for, Bez? Well, I'm looking at who's cost us today. Was it the ref? Was it the players? But whoever it was, cheer yourselves up. Get yourselves to McDonald's. Get yourself a Big Mac tonight, and enjoy it through the app. Johnny? Yeah, there we go. So, automate delivery on, on the app. It's at participating restaurants, 18 plus. Serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com for more details. And don't forget, have an ale and up the veil. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.